do not travel to China. And if you're already there, stay where you are. That's the advice from the U.S. Embassy in Beijing. Another warning, this one from 42 U.S. senators to Beijing. They say consequences will follow if the communist regime suppresses its protesters. A major sporting event scheduled for next year in Shanghai canceled. And the city's Disneyland theme park shutting down for the second time in just a month. And a request to drop the charges against Huawei CFO. That's after the executive struck a deal with prosecutors last year following her 2018 arrest. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Do not travel to China. And if you're already in China, stay where you are. That's the warning from the U.S. Embassy in Beijing to American citizens. The embassy warned earlier this week that U.S. citizens could get stranded in quarantine or under lockdowns and that access to essentials like food, water and medicine could be cut off. The warning hasn't changed so far, even though Chinese authorities announced a slight easing of COVID-19 lockdown measures. The advisory says the situation surrounding COVID-19 is rapidly changing in China. Chinese officials could force U.S. citizens to quarantine without advanced warning. At the same time, lockdowns are interrupting essential supply chains, which has left people without access to necessities. The embassy recently recommended that Americans in China keep two weeks of emergency supplies on hand and return to the U.S. if they are concerned for their safety. A warning to Beijing from over 40 U.S. senators. The bipartisan group sent a letter to China's ambassador to the U.S. In it, they warned the Chinese Communist Party against, quote, a violent crackdown on peaceful Chinese protesters. The letter added any future crackdowns would cause extraordinary damage to the U.S.-China relationship. The warning comes after protests erupted across China last weekend. Risking arrests and prison terms, protesters took direct aim at the ruling communist regime. Senator Mike Brown reacted. People finally saying enough is enough, you know, being under the thumb of an autocratic uh, system like theirs. So The group of senators that sent the warnings come from both sides of the aisle, led by Democrats Dan Sullivan and Jeff Merkley and Republicans Mitch McConnell and Todd Young. They say they are watching the developments of the protests closely. Next, an update from China. After widespread protests in at least 19 cities began last Friday, China signaled it would soften its strict COVID-19 lockdowns. But new videos coming out of the country tell a different story. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg reports. In a video posted on November 30th, hundreds of people are seen lining up to enter a quarantine camp in Guangzhou City. A video from Lanzhou City shows locals there set one of the camps on fire. Other videos circulating online show local authorities locking fire exits of residential buildings. Another video from Hangzhou City was posted December 1st. Workers in white hazmats are filmed taking a man by force to what they say is a quarantine camp. The person in the video said he tested negative for COVID and asks the workers the reason they are arresting him, but they refuse to explain. The video explains there are no documents provided for the arrest or any information about where they're taking him. Some Chinese netizens commented on Weibo, a Chinese app similar to Twitter, pointing out that authorities didn't show documents and therefore anyone could put on a white suit and kidnap people. 
people. Another person said, what if they kidnap you and sell your organs? Nobody will know. A similar situation was shared by another netizen in the same city. The person was taken from home at night to a quarantine camp. They were put on a bus without any documents provided and no information about where they were headed. Police or health workers forcibly breaking into residents' houses is not uncommon in China. In Liaoyang City, security camera footage shows local police breaking into a man's home and beating him in front of his children. It was said that this man was complaining on WeChat about the local COVID policy. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. A major sport event scheduled for next year in China now cancelled for the fourth year in a row. Formula One's Chinese Grand Prix was supposed to take place this April in Shanghai. But Formula One says it's seeking a different place for the event. The reason for the cancellation? Strict measures to curb the spread of the CCP virus, which causes COVID-19. Also in the financial hub, Shanghai Disneyland is closed again. Also because of health restrictions. The theme park closed down Tuesday, just four days after it reopened last week. It marks the attraction's second closure within a month. Besides the Grand Prix cancellation, another sports incident is catching the public eye. The Chinese Communist Party appears to be up to its censorship tricks again, this time blurring out World Cup fans on China Central Television or CCTV. It's an attempt to keep Chinese citizens from seeing that the rest of the world is largely maskless and living in relative freedom. What's more, CCTV is cutting out close-ups of the crowd and replacing them with close-ups of coaches instead. How does the broadcaster pull off switching the live footage? The Chinese TV station airs the program with a lag time. That way, it can identify and replace scenes the Chinese Communist Party does not approve of in real time before sending out the signal to its Chinese audience. Hackers showing support for Chinese protesters. In a tweet on Thursday, worldwide hacker group Anonymous announced they had hacked into the Chinese Communist Party's official website and exposed a list of police officers. Let's zoom in. Anonymous generally targets regimes that violate human rights. What angered them this time is Beijing's clampdown on anti-lockdown protesters in China. In the wake of China's so-called white paper revolution, Anonymous has offered advice on how protesters can avoid detection online. The hackers also confronted Beijing, saying it can't stop them and should expect this before abusing its power against citizens who want democracy and freedom. Anonymous lists five demands for Beijing. Lift all mandatory testing and quarantine, freedom of speech, release protesters, open borders, and abolish the life tenure of CCP leadership. The group also exposed a list of high-ranking police officers, including the identity of the director of Shanghai's National Security Bureau. Anonymous says they are 100% supportive of Chinese protesters and will stand with them to the end. Huawei CFO is back in the spotlight. Her years-long case saw new action Thursday as U.S. prosecutors asked a judge to dismiss bank fraud and other charges against her. Meng Wanzhou is the chief financial officer of Chinese telecom giant Huawei Technologies. She was arrested by Canadian authorities in 2018 on a U.S. request. Brooklyn attorney Carolyn Picorni wrote a letter to U.S. District Judge Ann Donnelly requesting the dismissal of charges. The move was expected. That's after Meng struck a deal with prosecutors last year. 
under it, the charges against her would be dismissed on December 1st, 2022, four years from the date of her arrest. Also part of the deal, she acknowledged that she had made false statements about Huawei's Iran business in 2013. That's to obtain services from Global Bank HSBC in violation of U.S. sanctions. Huawei still faces charges in the Brooklyn, New York-based case. Those include bank fraud, sanctions violations, conspiracy to steal trade secrets, and obstructing justice. It has pleaded not guilty. The company is on a U.S. trade blacklist. Washington considers it a national security threat and believes the Chinese regime may use its equipment for espionage. Recently, the Federal Communications Commission adopted rules banning new telecom equipment from Huawei. No trial date has yet been set for Huawei. A status conference is scheduled for February 7th. Vaccines from Western countries shipped over to China. It's a proposal for China's COVID-19 numbers and comes from a top U.S. health official. Ashish Jha, White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator, says Beijing will not be able to control the spread of COVID-19 unless it imports more effective vaccines from the West. An outlier among other nations, China has declined to approve any COVID-19 vaccines from the West. But its homegrown jabs became a concern early in the pandemic due to their low efficacy. Underimmunization is a major problem in China, particularly among the elderly. Beijing has largely relied on restrictive virus control policy instead, dubbed zero COVID-19. Mass quarantine, virus testing and lockdowns are used to prevent the spread of the virus. But pressure has started mounting as lockdown-weary citizens launched protests across the country over the weekend. So could Western vaccines really be a solution to China's COVID-19 problem? Experts say not really, stating that the real challenge is getting China's elderly vaccinated, especially during a time when trust in Beijing's health policies is at an all-time low. A new report by the Department of Defense linking Washington's chaotic Afghanistan pullout to China. Beijing is said to have used last year's incident for propaganda purposes. Now, the Pentagon says that helped China erode U.S. relations with its allies. Here's more. A new report by the Department of Defense, or DOD, has revealed that the Chinese regime used President Biden's chaotic pullout from Afghanistan in 2021 to create doubt among U.S. allies about the United States' strategic leadership and global influence. The DOD issued an annual report titled Military and Security Developments Involving the People's Republic of China 2022. It says Chinese officials sharply criticized the hasty U.S. pullout from Afghanistan and pointed to the withdrawal as evidence that America is an unreliable partner and declining power. According to the DOD, this effort by the Chinese regime was part of a carefully conceived effort to make U.S. allies rethink their relationship with America because China sees those alliances as a threat. The report states that China employed a wide range of diplomatic tools throughout 2021 to erode U.S. influence globally and subvert U.S.-backed security partnerships such as the Quad, Australia, India, Japan, and the United States, and AUKUS, Australia, the United Kingdom, and the United States. The DOD's report also touched upon how China is continuing to try to expand its influence and power. One of the communist regime's strategies is its military civil fusion, or MCF, which is partly used to get a hold of technology that actually belongs to civilian entities and then use it for military purposes. 
The report says China pursues this strategy to combine its economic and social development with its security strategies. The goal being to, quote, build an integrated national strategic system and capabilities in support of China's national rejuvenation goals. The DOD says MCF includes a variety of efforts, like adapting scientific initiatives for military purposes and imposing military requirements on civilian organizations. Canada will challenge China if it disrupts the international order. That's what Canadian foreign minister said in an interview with Japan's news outlet Nikkei Asia. She added that the global norms have kept the world safe since the Second World War and that they need to be respected. Canada's new strategy calls China an increasingly disruptive global power. It comes as Beijing claims sovereignty over the Taiwan Strait and works to expand its military presence in the East and South China Seas. Looking to shift away from China, Canada is also committing to a bigger role in the Indo-Pacific region. That's to boost defense in the region under its Indo-Pacific strategy, announced last month. Another delegation from Europe visiting Taiwan. This time, a British delegation made the trip to discuss areas of cooperation and support. The visit angered communist China. Here's what the chair of the British Parliament's Foreign Affairs Committee said about the meeting. And I would be disappointed if the Chinese ambassador has criticized us for coming here because dialogue matters. And I can't believe that the Chinese government would criticize dialogue because they themselves believe that dialogue and keeping all avenues of dialogue are open. She said the committee met with President Tsai Ing-wen and the focus was on how to maintain peace and stability in the Indo-Pacific and how Britain can play a role as a fellow democracy. Like most countries, Britain has no formal diplomatic ties with democratically governed Taiwan, but has stepped up its support for the island in the face of a rising military threat from Beijing. While the United States is Taiwan's most important foreign source of weapons, British companies have been helping develop Taiwan's new fleet of domestically built submarines. Beijing accused the visiting British lawmakers of gross interference in China's internal affairs and threatened a forceful response. Brazil is posting a record trade surplus for November partly because of a big increase in sales to China. An over 35% increase, more specifically. Having a trade surplus means a country exports more than it imports. And for Brazil, its trade surplus hit over $6 billion in November, beating economists' predictions. Brazil is the most influential country in South America. It's home to almost half of South America's population and has one of the largest military forces in the Western Hemisphere. China has been competing for influence in Brazil for years. It's been the country's most important trading partner since 2009. Coming up, unrest in China, leading to concerns over global supply chains. All of it happening amid tensions between China and Taiwan. David Goldman, deputy editor at Asia Times, spoke to NDD's Capital Report host Steve Lance about what's going on. Hear what he had to say after the break, here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Next, we turn to the unrest in China, disruptions to the global supply chain, and what conditions could prompt a Beijing invasion of Taiwan. 
Host of NTD's Capital Report, Steve Lance, spoke to David Goldman, deputy editor at Asia Times, to learn more. David Goldman, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. David, when it comes to uh, semiconductor chips, many used in consumer applications were at one point uh, military restricted, uh, some of which are not allowed to be exported to foreign countries, specifically uh, China. Uh, should this be regulated more tightly? Well, of course it should, but the question is what's the effectiveness of regulation? Right now, uh, U.S. companies cannot sell chips with gate widths of less than 16 nanometers. Uh, that means you can pack 30 billion chips, uh, 30 billion transistors in a chip you sold in China, not 60 billion, as Apple has on its most advanced smartphone chips. I don't think that this has a big military effect, at least not in the medium term, because virtually all military applications use older chips uh, with, that are well under uh, the guidelines. Uh, there was a RAND Corporation report uh, last year which detailed uh, uh, chip by chip uh, what goes into weapon systems. So in terms of uh, inhibiting the Chinese from firing surface-to-ship missiles at American aircraft carriers or running satellite surveillance, I don't think this will have a terribly big effect. The issue is more a futuristic one. How important will the very fast and energy conserving chips be for artificial intelligence applications that might be developed sometime in the future? Now, on the topic of China, as we see China grappling with unrest across the country, do you think this changes the dynamic of how they're looking at Taiwan at all? Uh, I think it will tend to make them more cautious. Uh, the Communist Party made, I think, very grave blunders in its handling of COVID, and the COVID lockdown policy, or zero COVID, was one of the most unpopular things that any Chinese government has done in more than a generation, and it provoked uh, demonstrations across the country, to which the government appears to be making concessions, uh, as well as should. Uh, that, I think, has sent a warning signal to Beijing, and it will not want to engage in other disruptive actions that might lead to, let's say, severe economic consequences, uh, which would increase popular dissatisfaction. So, if anything, I think they've gotten a slap in the face, well-deserved, and they'll sit back and smart and sting and try to figure out what they do next. So with regard to the uh, global uh, unrest, whether that be in uh, you know, the war in Ukraine, what we're seeing in China, uh, different parts of the Middle East, um, there's the question of the supply chain. Uh, does this pose a national security risk uh, to the United States? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'll give you an example. The United States has failed to deliver F-16s. That's a very old technology to a number of allies, for example, Bulgaria, which is now looking for planes from Sweden and France. Part of the excuse that Lockheed Martin gave for not meeting its production schedule, and that, by the way, includes Taiwan, which has ordered but not received F-16s, is the global ship uh, chip shortage in 2021. So if you believe Lockheed Martin, we've already had an, a disruption of uh, production of 
mature weapons systems that we should be able to roll off quite easily because of problems in the global supply chain. So unquestionably a national security issue. David, you have spoken before um, in depth about detrimental misconceptions in the way that we understand China. Is there one specific thing that we need to be aware of or clear on when it comes to assessing uh, China? China will go to war over Taiwan under the specific circumstance that it believes that Taiwan is going to break away from the mainland, abandon the one China policy, and become a sovereign state. China always has a regional and ethnic fissures, and every Chinese dynasty, or almost everyone, has fallen because a breakaway province allied with a foreign opponent or invader. So the paranoia in Beijing about a breakaway Taiwan is intense. In that sense, I think President Biden was right when he met uh, last month with President Xi in Bali to say that the United States is not going to change the one China policy and not press for Taiwanese sovereignty. That's an issue which is best uh, delayed for future resolution uh, and not something that we should, um, that's, that's a live wire that we shouldn't, uh, uh, that we shouldn't touch for the time being. David Goldman, really appreciate your perspective. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow. The greatest threat facing the United States is the CCP. The Epic Times investigation team had studied the CCP for years, but what we uncovered was yielding evidence beyond our imagination. With Chairman Mao, with the Prime Minister, our talks have been characterized by frankness. The Clinton administration said, oh, don't worry about it. This will be a poison pill for China. China's strategic goal is to make sure that the U.S. has four enemies, and one of them must be a terrorist group. We are giving of our life's blood so that the Chinese Communist Party can survive and thrive.